Once upon a time, 27 years after the bombs fell, there were two people, a vault dweller and a California girl. They met and sparks flew. That's when things got interesting. This is their story. Once Upon a Wasteland, Season 3, Episode 4, The Wind That Prevails. I gotta say, I was a little annoyed when you told me we'd have to walk this far to get where we were going. But I'm glad we got to stretch our legs a little. I know what you mean. I took several test flights during the development process, but, well... I think perhaps increasing the size of the passenger compartment may be a priority. Especially if there's going to be more than one person in there. (laughs) Yeah. If you're going to shove two people into that space, they'd better be really good friends. Glad I took a shower and brushed my teeth. (laughs) Me too. I just feel bad for Beth. I'm only 5'6", and I felt like I was in a shipping crate. She should have said something. I'm sure she would have eventually. You were excited about this project, and she probably didn't want to be a big old buzzkill. But hey, it beats walking. It does. And it's going to significantly expand the Brotherhood's reach. I was looking at maps the other day with Layla. We can go so many places now. And it's a good thing, too. We'd be flying blind with this big, well, whatever it is that the Syndicate has planned. (sighs) We're still flying blind. For now. We'll find Beth, she'll fill us in, and we'll all get back to work. Don't worry. I know I shouldn't worry, but I can't help it. Something about this whole situation just has seemed off. I can't quite put my finger on what it is, which is very frustrating. I don't think I would have agreed with you before we got here. But now that we are here, I get what you're saying. Thank you. That makes me feel better. Good. If I'm reading this map correctly... Come on. You're clearly reading that map correctly. (laughs) My point is, we should be getting close to town. And the inn shouldn't be far once we get there. You got this down cold, or you want to give it a once-over before showtime? I think one last run-through is a good idea. Hit me. I mean, don't hit me. Well, you know, unless you want to. (laughs) Stop it. We need to be serious. Just trying to lighten the mood a little. Try not to lose yourself in the part. (laughs) At least I have Courtney Fonseca here to keep me in line. You're damn right you do. She's pretty tough from what I hear. Good thing she's cute. Cute? (laughs) Fine. Beautiful. Careful. You might make Isabel jealous if you keep talking like that. Nah, she knows our relationship is entirely professional. Besides, you should see how Courtney looks at her. Oh? 
And how's that? I can't even describe it, but it's gross. <laughs> I should check the receiver one more time before we get there. Anything? Hmm. Is that a good hmm? Or a bad hmm? It's just a hmm. At least for now. I'm getting something, and that's more than I was getting when we landed. But it might not be Beth's ring. It could just be something from a source within the town. That doesn't sound hmm-worthy. It's not the signal I'd expect to receive from Beth's ring, but there are some commonalities. Any possibility it could have gotten damaged somehow, and maybe that's what's making the signal all wonky? Possibly, but I don't have enough data to even begin to draw conclusions at this point. Guess we'll need to pound the pavement. Hey, I know you're worried. We're gonna find her, and we're all gonna have a big ol' laugh about it. She'll probably yell at us for flying all the way up here for nothing. <laughs> Not a fan of being yelled at in most circumstances, but in this case, I'll take it. That's the spirit. Nice place. It is. This whole area is in surprisingly good condition. Pretty sure Victor's protection racket's got something to do with that. You may be right. I'm not one to romanticize organized crime, but interacting with Craig as much as we have, well, I suppose there are more shades of gray than I thought there were. Still, even the Scarlatis aren't powerful enough to protect this place from the bombs. It must have been a lower priority target. But even taking that into consideration, you'd think that the presence of West Tech and Vault Tech alone would have drawn some attention. And it's not as though they were the only two companies here. I don't know. Maybe you can have a nice sit down with Valeria when you get back and you two can discuss a what, strategic target prioritization. <laughs> I think I'll just leave it a mystery. <laughs> Good call. All right, Courtney. You ready? After you, Riley. Good afternoon. How can I help you? We'd like a room, please. Do you have anything with two beds? You're in luck. A room with two queen beds just opened up. That will be perfect. Do you know how long you'll be staying? I don't, but it shouldn't be more than a day or two. All right, that'll be 175 caps per night. Great. If you do leave after one night, we'll be happy to refund the second night as long as you let us know by 9 a.m. Before we go to our room... Yes? We're in town to meet a business associate. She may even be staying here. She very well may. There are other places to stay here in town. But the others are... Well... Let's just say that their reputations are less than sterling. <laughs> I see. I'm Steven. My sister Mara and I run the place. I take care of the guest rooms and she runs the restaurant. I'm Courtney, and this is Riley. Pleasure to meet you both. We don't have a concierge as such, but Mara knows her way around this area better than anyone. If you're looking for something to do, I'm sure she'll be able to find something for you. I'd like to let our friend know that we're here first. Her name is Isabel Hastings. Is she here? What? You just missed her. She headed home yesterday to get some things she needed for a business meeting. She left her things, so she 
should be back soon. I told you we should have gone home first, Courtney. We were working on a different uh, project and figured we might as well just rendezvous here. I understand. Will you excuse me for a moment? He's hiding something. Yeah. The question is what? He said she'd be back soon. He clearly didn't know that for sure, but he also didn't know it couldn't happen. That's encouraging. Knowing her, she probably just went off on a side quest somewhere and didn't think we'd hear about it. There's no way she could have known the Enclave was keeping tabs on her. That's a strong possibility. Given what we heard about her meeting with the Syndicate, she may have had a bit of downtime to investigate a new lead. Considering the companies that had a presence here, there are likely several of those. So what do we do? Wait? Sit around and do each other's nails and talk about boys until she walks through the front door? <laughs> Maybe when we get back, but I think we should take a more proactive approach. Elena, these are our new guests. Elena, these are our new guests. Hello, Elena Sorokin. Courtney Fonseca, pleasure to meet you. Riley Ford, eh, what she said. <laughs> Likewise. So, you're associates of Isabel? We are. I oversee the more technical aspects of our engagements. Riley handles some of the less uh, delicate parts of what we do. I see. What are you doing here? Excuse me? Isabel said nothing about anyone else joining her here. Has something changed? No. She didn't know we were coming. Communications are difficult, as you know, and our previous engagement wrapped up early. We figured we'd surprise her. Maybe have a few drinks. You know? I do not. But you're here, so let us make the most of it. We should talk. Stephen said that there's a restaurant here. Would you like to do that over lunch? I believe somewhere more private would be more appropriate. You three can talk in Courtney and Riley's room. Here's the key. If you need anything at all, please let me know. Mr. Scarlatti will take care of their room and anything else they require. Do you understand? Yes, ma'am. Very kind of him. You'll be able to thank him yourself. I'll arrange a meeting with him and Dimitri after we talk. They don't like to be surprised, but I should be able to smooth that over. We can speak more frankly now, though I would suggest not raising our voices. Why would we raise our voices? What's going on? When was the last time you spoke with Isabel? Just before she left to come here. <sighs> she left the inn two nights ago to go exploring. Something about finding a gift for a special friend. She did not return, but I have found no evidence that anything has happened to her. But you've also found no evidence that anything hasn't happened to her. No. But there's one place that I haven't looked. I'll spare you the ghost story. But locals refer to an industrial complex not far from here as the Trinity. Three companies. West Tech, Vault Tech, and Dunwich Borers. Dunwich what now? It's a mining company that worked closely with the other two. It is my strong suspicion that Isabel went there. 
it is a place best avoided. There were experiments that took place there before the war, and after the war, those experiments were left unchecked. The locals will tell you stories about monsters and all sorts of other wild tales, but the truth is much more nuanced, shall we say. Is she in danger? We need to go there. Right now. Hmm. A strong reaction for a business associate. In any case, yes. The fact that she has not yet returned is a concern. But I believe it is far more likely that she discovered something worth exploring, and is doing so. She strikes me as the adventurous type. That's accurate. So please, don't panic. It is important that we meet with Victor and Dimitri so that their suspicions are not raised. I already briefed them with a cover story, and if you'll confirm that story, it will buy us some time to find her. What? Why didn't you just tell them? I also do not want them to panic. This operation has a very short window of opportunity. It is incumbent upon me to ensure that we take advantage of it. Okay, I get it. Perhaps you could provide additional details surrounding the technology she described to temporarily satisfy their curiosity. I can do that. I'm familiar with the technology and its capabilities. Good. It's quite possible that she'll return during our meeting. If that happens, we'll have a good laugh about it over dinner and drinks. And if not? If not, then the three of us will be paying a visit to the Trinity. You're up early. I was off to story time with the children in Mallory Square and saw a light on down here. Everything all right? Yes, thank you. Still getting used to the birds. They're lovely, but they're loud. And there seem to be a lot of them. <laughs> You'll get used to it. What are you working on? Oh, I took your advice and put a notebook next to my bed to write down my dreams. Been doing it for a few weeks now, so I figured it was time to start organizing them. Feels like there's a story in there... somewhere. Maybe my dreams are telling me who I am. Where I came from. Can I see? Um, yes. But I'll warn you, it's... a bit of stream of consciousness and not terribly well organized. I thought dreams were difficult to pass when I was having them. That's nothing compared to trying to write them down. Oh, you've been busy. This is... Wow, Is, Are you sure you're not really a Pandolfi? Well, no. Still not sure of much of anything, but this feels like something I can hold on to. I'm just trying to sift through the journal and turn what's there into something that, well, that doesn't sound like someone trying to explain a dream to you. Ah, uh, Adrian used to do that when we were kids. Anything interesting? I'll just say that I think Graltzberg is fortunate that storytelling does not fall within the scope of his responsibilities. <laughs> I see. I did want to ask you about one of his other responsibilities, if you have time. I do. 
I don't have to be at the square for another half hour or so. All right, good. It's the braces. Adrian's mostly. But I suppose mine as well, by extension. Adrian's bracer is a whole thing. That much I gathered. <laughs> the people who settled here were refugees. There was a war. There always is. War never changes. So it seems. But this was no ordinary war. Their world burned in fire hotter than anything you'll find in Graltzburg. Well, that's how the first Pandolfis described it, at least. Things like that do tend to... grow over time. It's the nature of legends, I suppose. And you'd know. <laughs> I suppose I would. How does the bracer tie into the war? It was one of three artifacts that they'd found in the course of an archaeological dig. They assumed there were more, and they may have been right, but they ran out of time. What were the others? Well, there's the Sash of Caradwen, which my mother has, and I'll inherit someday, oh, hopefully a long time from now. I haven't seen her wear it. Oh, it's not like the bracer. It doesn't attach itself permanently. Which is a good thing, I think. That would be very uncomfortable. <laughs> I'm sure. And the other one... The other one is the Slat Shog. That's the staff Elias carries around. The Black Halls were convinced that it was the key to awakening their Elder God. But fortunately, if it is, they haven't figured out how to use it. Good thing they lost the instruction manual. Perhaps something else has been missing until now. Don't think like that. Look, if you ask me, this Elder God they're chasing doesn't even exist. But that doesn't make that chase any less dangerous. No. But there is hope. Eric? Yeah. He's different. Mom doesn't like him, and even she sees it. Perhaps you're a good influence on him. <laughs> if only. He's interesting, that's for sure. He goes out of his way to chat with me, and that's unusual for a black hall in a Corbin. Perhaps he fancies you? Eric? No. <laughs> no way. Why? Are you... not his type? I guess I just never thought about him in that way. Be careful if he does fancy you. Well, unrequited love can be a very difficult thing to navigate. We're not even friends, exactly. I mean, we're friendly. Which is more than I can say for my mother and Elias. Lots of tension there? Oh, yes. My father was a politician, and a good one. I mean, it kind of comes with the name. He didn't like Elias, or Elias's father, but he was able to manage that relationship in a way that helped everyone. That hasn't always been the case. I think I may have seen that alluded to in some of the old histories. There were times that it got ugly, especially early on. Everyone was still kind of finding their footing for the first few generations. The Vale Wraiths kept them united. I mean, having an existential threat around will do that. But once they were driven off... The conflict turned inward. It took a long time for things to reach an... equilibrium. I mean, not that it was always smooth. There were still flare-ups depending on who the heads of the families were. Assassination attempts. Assassination attempts? Never by the Corbins, 
But every few decades, a black hall would get it into their head that the bracer was the key to awakening Ugg Qualtoth. And since the only way to get it is for the bearer to die, they tried to take matters into their own hands. Precisely. None of them were successful, obviously, but... I don't even want to think about what this place would have been like if they had been. Luisa seems to be handling things very well. People seem... happy. Fulfilled. She's good at hiding it, but it's been difficult for her. She and my dad were so in love, and they were perfect for each other. The stories she wrote are some of the most beautiful in this entire collection. You know how much I love a good romance. And I can tell from your dream journal, too. I'm a little curious about one thing, though. What's that? Is it always the same woman? In your dreams? <sighs> yes. The other people come and go, but her? She's always there. And I can't quite put it into words, but the way I feel when she is, it's... <sighs> I guess I'm not a real Pandolfi after all. <laughs> I'm still withholding judgment there. Hell, I'm still not convinced that you're not ASG. I wonder if she's real. Someone from my past. She feels real, but... But what? She feels too perfect. If I had to sit down and design the ideal person for me, the person I'd most want to fall in love with, it would be her. Perhaps she's not real at all. It's just my brain trying to make up for everything I'm going through. For losing my memory. For being alone. You're not alone. I'm sorry, I didn't mean it like that. I know. I just don't want you to ever feel like you're not part of our family. A real part of it. I don't know if I have a sister, but if I do, I hope she's like you. Oh, that's sweet. I don't know if Adrian would say the same. Oh? I'm joking. Mostly. He's just so overprotective sometimes. It's like he thinks I'm still ten years old and getting lost in caves. You got lost in caves? I may have slipped my escorts and found interesting new places to explore in my younger days. Yes. <laughs> La petite volontaire, indeed. <laughs> the Pandolfis are... free spirits, shall we say. Even your mother? Oh, absolutely. Don't let her fool you. She was as free a spirit as Graltzberg's ever seen. I read some contemporary accounts of my dad courting her, and I wish I could have been here to see it. Good thing he finally caught her, otherwise I wouldn't be here at all. I'm glad to. Look, and this is going to sound selfish, I don't know why whatever happened happened, but I'm so happy it did. I like having you around. Now, that doesn't mean I'm not going to do everything I can to help you get your memory back and get you back home, but while you are here, I'm going to live in the moment and enjoy it while it lasts. And I'm going to do the same. I'm here, and I might as well make the best of it. That's certainly off to a good start. That's the spirit. You know, if you're feeling up to it, there's a function in a few days. Not a big fancy ball like the one you just missed, but it might be the perfect time for Graltzberg to meet the newest member of the Pandolfi family. Uh, I don't know if I'm ready for that. It's okay if you're not. Just think about it, okay? Okay. What are these functions like normally? Oh, 
it's mostly just a bunch of stuffy society types having dinner and drinks, then milling around in the public area of the castle so they can talk amongst themselves and feel important. That sounds... dire. (laughs) You're not wrong. Well, most of the time. But I try to make my own fun. And with the two of us, I think we'll be twice as dangerous. (laughs) Now you've got my attention. Mm Mm-hmm. I knew you were a troublemaker at heart. But I do need to warn you. Uh Uh-oh. You're probably going to have to fend off admirers. Something you have a great deal of experience with, I'm sure. I'm sure you do too, even if you don't remember it. (laughs) Perhaps. It'll be fine, I promise. I'll protect you. And there's no way we won't have a good time. Alright. I think I'm warming to the idea. Hey, I just had a thought. Would you like to come with me? To Mallory Square? It'll be fun. I could do with a break, and it'd be lovely to see you in action. Good morning. I thought I might find you down here, Isabel. I'll let you in on a little secret. It's my favorite part of the castle, too. Oh, and you've been writing? That's wonderful. It's all a bit... jumbled right now. Oh, but there's a lot of potential in there. I'd love to take a look when you're ready. But there's no hurry. These things take time. They do. I I didn't mean to put any pressure on you, Iz. Not at all. It does help that I have no clue what I'm doing yet, so it's going to happen on its own schedule regardless. (laughs) Good. As for you, my dear, don't you have somewhere to be? I'm on my way there right now. And I'm going to tag along, as long as that's okay. Of course it is. I think it's a lovely idea. Reading these dusty old texts is one thing, but seeing a storyteller in action, well, that's an entirely different experience, and the children do so look forward to it. I'm certainly looking forward to it myself. I think you'll enjoy it, and who knows, maybe you'll want to try your hand at it as well, someday. I'll just start as a spectator and go from there. An excellent plan. Um, Before you go... Uh, We have some business to take care of later. I've stalled Elias as long as I can, but the time has come for you two to meet. Oh? It's all right. We'll all be there with you. You don't have anything to worry about. Thank you. I know you're still going to worry. It's natural. I think story time will help take your mind off it. I agree. And I picked a really good story for today. Oh. One of mine? Of course. All right, then. Have fun, you two. Are you ready? Yes. I think I am. I feel as prepared as I think I can be. Did we really have to do it here, Mom? (sighs) It wasn't my first choice. Or even my second. A neutral site would have been preferable to Blackhall Manor, but unfortunately Elias sold me on it being the most appropriate venue. Don't worry. It can get kind of uh, weird in there, but you'll be safe. We'll make sure of that. Is it just going to be Elias? Eric will be there as well. He'll be off to the archives if anything needs to be looked up or researched right away. 
Proximity to that archive is why we're here, and not Kolbenik. But none of his advisors will be there. We're keeping the circle tight, at least for now. That should take some of the pressure off, at least. I felt fairly confident, but seeing this house up close... Sylvia's description was spot on, right down to the feeling it evokes. But actually experiencing it? This is an important meeting, but your safety and comfort are my paramount concern. You can end things whenever you want, for whatever reason you want. Thank you. That helps. Mom is the expert here, but we've all got your back. Elias isn't a politician or a diplomat, so he's gonna be direct with his questions. Don't let him rattle you. Remember that it's in his best interest for this to go well, too. Not just ours. He could be the key to getting my memory back. To finding out who I really am. He could. Our family is the caretaker of the history of Grotzberg, but the more arcane elements of that history, well, that's the exclusive province of the Black Halls. <sighs> All right. I'm ready. Here goes. Hello. Welcome. Uh, please, uh, come in. I'm so glad you're here. Uh, Eric has prepared some refreshments. Laying it on a bit thick, aren't you? <laughs> I thought I'd take a page from the Pandolfi Guide to Entertaining. It's so rare that we have guests. Of all the books I thought you might take a page from, that's the last one I would have expected. Who knows? Perhaps we'll start holding get-togethers here someday. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. <laughs> of course. Isabel, it's wonderful to finally meet you. I've heard so much about you. Likewise, and... likewise. So, where should we start? May I see your brazier? It's all right. Be careful. It zapped Eamon when he touched it. I think it was because he was trying to remove it. Only one way to find out, I suppose, but that's logical. Well, this is indeed fascinating. Good fascinating or bad fascinating? Good, of course. Keeping in mind that this is just a, a rudimentary visual inspection, this may very well be the other bracer of Paradier. They're physically identical, apart from the engravings, but even those seem to flow from each other. Like they're part of a set? Yes. With your permission, and your families, of course, I'd like Eric to take a rubbing of that engraving. It's an entirely painless process, I assure you. If it helps get us some answers, I'm all for it. It's fine with me, so long as we receive a copy as well. Of course. Now, uh, can you tell me what you feel? What do you mean? Is the bracer uncomfortable at all? Warm? Vibrating? Speaking to you? Uh, no. Should my bracer be speaking to me? No. Well, not necessarily. I just want to be sure that we're not limiting our scope unnecessarily. At least not this early in the process. A very scientific approach. You sound surprised. Not at all. Carry on. I do feel something when I'm close to Adrian. So do I. Uh, from my bracer, I mean. Not anything outside of that. <clears throat> Can I have that drink? 
Sure. Can you describe it? At first it was a, a vibration? Almost uh I don't know, a glow? No, that doesn't make sense. Yes. It felt like my arm was glowing. But when I looked down at it, nothing. It wasn't painful or uncomfortable at all, really. And then the wind blew, right? I thought that was just, well, wind. Are you aware of the relationship between Adrian's Bracer and the land? Uh, to an extent. I know that Adrian and the land are one, but if I'm being honest, I'm still a bit fuzzy on what that actually means. Oh, the concept is so foundational to us here in Grotsburg that I must have just assumed that you understood. Of course, it's totally foreign to you. I'm so sorry. No need to apologize. I should have spoken up, but, well, there's so much I don't know that it can be difficult to choose which questions to ask first. The person who's bonded with the Bracer has a symbiotic relationship with Grotsburg itself. We don't know why it is, just that it is. And that makes this Bracer a big responsibility. But never a burden. No, never. It's an honor. Corbin has held the Bracer since our ancestors arrived here. Jack Corbin was the first, and it's been passed down to the firstborn ever since. They knew that the Bracer was what allowed them to pass safely through the Vale, but that was really it. But then he got wounded in a battle with the Vale Wraiths. It was bad. Really bad. They didn't make the connection at first, but the land suffered. When his condition got worse, so did the lands. Trees withered, there were storms. Oh, the wraiths were already riled up, and they blamed this all on the newcomers. Which, okay, I suppose they were right, technically, but they were the ones who caused it. What happened after that? It was touch and go for a while here, but he recovered, and the land was reborn. That turned the tide. I must give credit where credit is due. He held Grautsburg together. They drove the Fomorians back. Fomorians? That's the name that the ancient texts used to describe them. I prefer to use the name that our own people gave them before they found those texts. While I choose to honor everything the Fifth provided us, so much of what we know, what we understand about this place came from them. We mustn't be ignorant of history. Not just the history of the Sixth, but those who came before us as well. Implying that a Pandolfi is ignorant of history, Elias? This is bad comedy. <clears throat> it's fascinating to watch you two argue, but I think we should get back to the matter at hand. Of course. My apologies. Will you excuse me for a moment? I think I could use a drink now. I'm sorry. He promised me he'd be on his best behavior. It's fine. Let's just... take a breath. I'll drink to that. Remember, Eric, the situation we're born into may define our path, but how we tread that path is up to us. Just be Eric. Okay? Okay. Thanks, Sylvia. Isabel, how are you holding up? I'm fine. I just want to get to the bottom of all of this. Who I am, why I'm here. So you think that your presence here means something? I think that I'm willing to consider any possibility, but if I'm being honest, I don't feel like anything other than an ordinary person who's been thrust into an extraordinary situation. 
Well, if it makes you feel any better, there's nothing ordinary with how well you're handling this. People tend to have a lot of trouble navigating the unknown and things they don't understand. Nobody's dealt with that more than my family. And yes, some of that is self-inflicted. My father isn't exactly a people person, and that's how the black holes have always been. Oh, I'm well aware of that. Well, for what it's worth, I try. I really try, but, well, it doesn't exactly come naturally to me. You make the effort, though, and that means something. I hope so. Ugh. Are you okay? Yes. My bracer, it started to, um, glow again. But rather differently from when you and I are next to each other. It's the staff. You could have warned us, Elias. I'm sorry, I wasn't thinking. Does it hurt? Or is it uncomfortable? No, not really. It just feels different. But I'm okay. Good. This does, I believe, confirm that the bracer is authentic. Was that in doubt? <sighs> I know that you're not a scientist, Mr. Corbin, but I do not operate on assumptions. Although we cannot directly compare the reactions of your bracers, I can tell you that the staff's reaction is identical. That staff, is it the, um, slash? The slash yog, yes. Just like the Corbins have held the bracer and the Pandolfis have held the sash, the Black Halls have held the staff. What does it do? That's a bit of an open question. One that I'm hoping your presence here may help answer. We believe it's a key. Or part of one, at least. The only thing we know is that it interacts with the bracer. Well, bracers now. As well as uh, something else. I'd like to take you somewhere. As long as you're comfortable with it. It's a chamber. Downstairs, just off the archive. You're not taking her anywhere near that damned altar. Absolutely not. Altar? Altar to what, exactly? When the first Black Halls arrived in Grautsburg, they were drawn to this place. They didn't realize it at the time, but it was because of what lay beneath. Hmm. I thought it was because it was the spookiest looking place in town. Sylvia! At any rate, what they discovered was a shrine. A shrine to what they'd been seeking for generations before they ever knew that the Vale or Grautsburg existed. It was destiny. And what does that destiny have to do with me? Uh, with my bracer, I suppose. I've spent most of my time since I learned of your arrival researching. Looking for a sign, a prophecy, something to explain it. What if I just, oh, I don't know, stumbled across the bracer and fell through the veil before I knew what was happening? <laughs> I think that's highly unlikely, my dear. I just want to see what happens when both the bracers and the staff are in close proximity to the altar. Nothing more. Nothing more. We're not going to learn anything if we just sit around and engage in idle speculation. I cannot allow it. This is at best a wild goose chase and at worst a trap. A trap? Come now, Louisa. I'm on mom's side here. As am I. <sighs> All right. Isabel, I apologize if I've caused you any distress. That was not my intention. It's all right. I think this is a good time to call it a night. I concur. We've already learned quite a lot. 
Thank you for coming, Isabel. Eric and I will continue to investigate, and we will send word to Court Bennick the moment we discover anything. We will do the same, and we can discuss future interactions, so long as the environment is controlled, and most importantly, that Isabel is both comfortable and protected. Wow. You did not oversell the whole spooky vibe thing. It is not in my nature to oversell. (laughs) Good. I don't know what's waiting for us in there, but if it's dangerous, I don't want to be undersold. (sighs) The truth is that I don't know what awaits us. Not specifically, at least. It may not be dangerous at all. Or it could be quite dangerous. Not better. (laughs) I'm merely reporting the state of affairs. When Dimitri began operating in this area, I made it my mission to learn as much about it as I could. It was... largely unremarkable. Except for this place. There were disappearances that began not long after the war. That much is certain. The idea that they were caused by monsters, on the other hand? Idle speculation driven by fear, uncertainty, and doubt. No one saw any of these monsters? None that lived to tell the tale. I'm joking. Oh, now you got jokes. (laughs) The answer is no. What people did see is what you're seeing now. Something that was so far outside their experience that they felt the need to fill the space between with stories. Legends. Does anyone know what happened here? Why it's like this? No. The people who worked here were highly secretive. Especially those who worked at Dunwich Borers. The Dunwich and Blackhall families had... uh, a reputation, shall we say. One that was buried somewhat beneath the surface, but a reputation nonetheless. What kind of reputation are we talking about here? Like vault Quite unlike vault in fact, but just as... nefarious, shall we say. vault and west motivations were somewhat clearer. <laughs> Let's be honest. Corporations fostering their own interests at the expense of everyone else. Hell, even of the world itself, isn't particularly uncommon. Okay, so how are these Dunwich people different? I've never been able to tease out all the details, but their concerns were more in the supernatural realm. Supernatural? They were chasing ghosts? No. Gods. Now you've really lost me. We've run into some, well, frankly, unbelievable situations over the years, but gods? I'm simply relating what my research turned up. As for its veracity, I can't speak to that. Of course. In my experience, those kinds of stories, those legends, have at least some basis in fact. Perhaps they were chasing what they thought were gods, But in reality, there's a reasonable, grounded, scientific explanation. How did you put it? 
Uh, let's see. Uh, any sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic. Precisely. Well, magic, science, or something else. We should maintain situational awareness. My head's been on a swivel since we got here. Good. I'm not getting any anomalous readings. No energy spikes, no significant radiation. Everything looks pretty normal. But I'm still getting the signal that we detected when we first arrived. And it's stronger here. I just can't figure out what it is. The strange thing is that it's similar to the one I programmed into Isabel's tracking device, but it's operating at a much higher frequency. How much higher? Hundreds of times higher. I think we should check it out. Be careful. Vegetation is much thicker here. Signal's getting stronger. We're headed in the right direction. Hey, look! A gate! I'll try to open it. Be careful! It appears to be fused to something. Let me try. I clearly loosened it for you. (laughs) Clearly. Okay, you stay here. Riley and I will head in. I am responsible for getting you into this situation. I will go with you. We'll need somebody to get us out of this situation if something happens. (sighs) All right. But if you don't come back in five minutes, I'm coming in. That sounds like a good plan. Ready, Riley? Whenever you are, Courtney. A lot of people must have had trouble with that gate. This room is practically undisturbed. Except, look. Footprints. One set. Somebody was here. There's a doorway on the other side of the room. The footsteps lead there, and the signal's definitely coming from that direction. Oh! A skeleton. Looks like it's been moved recently. Doesn't look out of the ordinary. Been dead for a long time. Good. I mean, not good. I just mean that, you know, whatever killed old Dr. Bones here probably isn't still roaming around. Oh, look, a holotape. Let me see it. Beth marked the holotapes she brought with her so she could keep them in the right order. It's one of hers. She was here. She must have gone through that doorway inside the building. Weird. There's some sort of wiring around the doorway. Looks like maybe coils? Wait, I I don't get it. It doesn't lead anywhere. But there aren't any footprints from anyone leaving. There's a terminal here. Hmm. The coils around the doorway are resonance emitters. They were trying to activate something. Whatever it is, Beth might be on the other side of it. It's gotta be a door. Maybe a trapdoor. Perhaps. The language here is 
opaque. It sounds like this was some kind of archaeological site. Whatever it was, they were clearly looking for something. Doesn't say what, though. Here's something interesting. This doorway leads to some sort of transit system? Now we're getting somewhere. Maybe there's an old subway underneath this place? Whatever it is, this doorway is how we get there. They were trying to determine the proper harmonics to activate it. There's an equation, but one of the variables is missing. What about that signal? Maybe it's coming from the other side of that doorway, and if Beth's there... Hmm. Well, it can't hurt to try. Okay, I'm going to try to activate the resonance emitter. Hopefully it still works. Science away. I trust you. Whoa! Whoa is right! The signal got a lot stronger. An interdimensional portal. Seriously? Didn't we just do interdimensional portals? This doesn't look anything like what we dealt with last year. It, uh, feels different, too. I can't explain it. Don't worry about explaining it. What do we do? Leap of faith? What? We have to go through it. Take my hand. What? Why? Will that stabilize this thing or something? No. It will just make me feel better. Oh. Okay. Me too. Here goes. this place? It's like a painting. Listen to all those birds. The signal. It's back to normal. Beth must be here. I... I don't believe it. Don't believe what? We're looking for our friend, Beth. She might still be undercover. Or Isabel, perhaps. Tall, red hair. Wait, you're... her? After all this time, that... that can't be. It doesn't make any sense. I'm Odessa Valdez. This is Amanda Otis. Where are we? I'm Sheriff Eamon Byrne. You're in Graltzburg. Graltzburg? I've never heard of Graltzburg. We were just in Cincinnati. Well, um, I've never heard of Cincinnati, so I guess we're even. I knew it was an interdimensional portal. Are you talking about the veil? The what? The passage you two just came through. We call it the veil. Are you okay? I'm fine. I feel great, actually. Same here. No memory loss? No. I remember everything. Including the trip through the veil. That was an experience. Yeah, it was. I want to do it again. I don't think you can go back through, but... There's a lot I don't know right now. Is there anybody who does? If anybody has the answers you're looking for, they'll be at Korbanek. It's that castle over there. Always wanted to see the inside of a real castle. Lead on, Sheriff. We need to find Adrian Corbin. He's the head of our ruling council. We'll take things from there. Our friend. Is she here? <sighs> Let's get to Korbanek. 
There are some things we need to talk about. Once Upon a Wasteland, Season 3, Episode 4, The Wind That Prevails, was produced and directed by Brad Williams and written by D.K. Trueno. Starring Letitia Lemon as Elizabeth Kirby, Vitriol Plays as Odessa Valdez, and Lucy Middleton as Amanda Otis. Also starring Ash Albiniak as Louisa Corbin, Marnie Warner as Sylvia Corbin, and George Betancourt as Adrian Corbin. Featuring Sean Madsen as Sheriff Eamon Byrne, Justine Leah Hintz as Elena Sorokin, Juniper Berry as Elias Blackhall, Walter Mack as Eric Blackhall, and Justice Margofsky as Stephen. Opening narration by Ashley Sacon, I'm Kirsty Harrison. Please join us for our next episode, Season 3, Episode 5, Such Longing Seized My Heart. I'm Brad Williams, the creator of Once Upon a Wasteland. We'd like to thank you for joining us for the fourth episode of our third season, and we hope that you'll continue to join us as we follow Beth and Odessa's journey toward Happily Ever After. I'd like to give a shout out to our patrons over on Patreon, Vitriol, Don McCormick, and Jeffrey Patch. Thank you all for your support. If you'd like to support the show, you can find details at patreon.com slash onceuponawasteland. For more information on our show, visit our website, onceuponawasteland.com, where you'll find show information, scripts for each episode, artwork, and more. You can also find us on Twitter at onceupon76pod, bluesky at onceuponawasteland.com, and on Instagram and threads at onceuponawasteland. If you like this episode, please leave a rating and review, which helps other listeners find us, and we hope you'll subscribe as well. Word of mouth is vitally important, so please, tell your friends. If you have any comments, questions, or concerns, you can reach out to us directly on Twitter, via email at brad at onceuponawasteland.com, or on Discord at Reticent Duet. Thank you.